0: Welcome, friends. It's September 5th, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide Podcast, where each day we read a portion from the Bible as we make our way through the Old and New Testaments concurrently. My name is David McAdam, and I am grateful for this opportunity to be growing with you in an appreciation for God's gift to us of His Word, the Word of Life. We are finishing up the 21st book of the Bible, the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, in a section of the Bible known as the Writings, the Wisdom Literature. The bulk of the book contains a report of an investigation into the meaning of life, and so far we have discovered where it is not found. The meaning of life is not found in the abundance of things that man possesses. It is not found in one's limited understanding, a lifestyle of self-indulgence. It is not merely in one's work, or pursuit of recognition or in natural knowledge about god in what is merely religious or philosophical surmising we are living in a fallen world as fallen creatures in which we are dead in our trespasses and sins we need the special revelation of the saving work of christ the light of the knowledge of the glory of god in the finished work he accomplished on the cross it is only in his light that we shall see light It is only through Him that the vanity of vanities can turn to the song of songs. We need the personal knowledge of God made possible by a saving relationship with Jesus Christ where we trust Him as Savior and submit to Him as Lord. Jesus said this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Have you come to see the dead-end street of earthly pursuits apart from the knowledge of Christ? Let's learn more as we complete the reading of the book of Ecclesiastes, the account of the reporter, beginning with chapter 10, and I am reading from the English Standard Version. Dead flies make the perfumer's ointment give off a stench, so a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. A wise man's heart inclines him to the right, but a fool's heart to the left. Even when the fool walks on the road, he lacks sense and he says to everyone that he is a fool. If the anger of the ruler rises against you, do not leave your place, for calmness will lay great offenses to rest. There is an evil that I have seen under the sun, as it were an error proceeding from the ruler. Folly is set in many high places, and the rich sit in a low place. I have seen slaves on horses and princes walking on the ground like slaves." HE WHO DIGS A PIT WILL FALL INTO IT, AND A SERPENT WILL BITE HIM WHO BREAKS THROUGH A WALL. HE WHO QUARRIES STONES IS HURT BY THEM, AND HE WHO SPLITS LOGS IS ENDANGERED BY THEM. IF THE IRON IS BLUNT, AND ONE DOES NOT SHARPEN THE EDGE, HE MUST USE MORE STRENGTH, BUT WISDOM HELPS ONE TO SUCCEED. IF THE SERPENT BITES BEFORE IT IS CHARMED, THERE IS NO ADVANTAGE TO THE CHARMER. THE WORDS OF A WISE MAN'S MOUTH WIN HIM FAVOR but the lips of a fool consume him. The beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness, and the end of his talk is evil madness. A fool multiplies words, though no man knows what is to be, and who can tell him what will be after him. The toil of a fool wearies him, for he does not know the way to the city. Woe to you, O land, when your king is a child, and your princes feast in the morning! Happy are you, O land! when your king is the son of the nobility, and your princes feast at the proper time, for strength and not for drunkenness. Through sloth the roof sinks in, and through indolence the house leaks. Bread is made for laughter, and wine gladdens life, and money answers everything. Even in your thoughts do not curse the king, nor in your bedroom curse the rich, for a bird of the air will carry your voice, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the way the Spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning sow your seed, and at evening withhold not your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Light is sweet, and it is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. So if a person lives many years, Chapter 12 Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come, and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun, and the light, and the moon, and the stars are darkened, and the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble, and the strong men are bent, and the grinders cease because they are few, and those who look through the windows are dimmed and the doors on the street are shut, when the sound of the grinding is low, and one rises up at the sound of a bird, and all the daughters of song are brought low. They are afraid also of what is high, and terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire fails, because man is going to his eternal home, and the mourners go about the streets, before the silver cord is snapped, or the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, and the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, all is vanity. Besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and understanding and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads, and like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. My son, beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep His commandments— For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. And this concludes today's reading from the Old Testament and this concludes our reading of the book of Ecclesiastes. Now let's take a few moments to reflect upon what we have just read. The reporter contrasts the wise and the foolish. Wisdom is the skill of knowing the right thing to do and doing it. Wisdom is learning what God has commanded and then putting these commands into practice. As we learned in the previous chapter, sin sabotages peace, but wisdom can dissolve wars. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 18. In chapter 10 verse 1, we read, dead flies make a perfumer's oil stink. So a little foolishness is weightier than wisdom and honor. A dead fly in the ointment ruins its value. One foolish sin can ruin a career. How many examples can be found today of those who had remarkable careers of success only to have their reputations destroyed because of one shameful act of foolishness? A person can be walking on the right road but going in the wrong direction. In Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 3 we read, Even when the fool walks along the road, his sense is lacking, and he demonstrates to everyone that he is a fool. A fool gravitates to the sinister. Sinister is the Latin word for left. A wise man or woman who has godly convictions can resist peer pressure and even the scorn of rulers in their pursuit of valor. They should remain calm and stand for what is right. If the ruler's temper rises against you, do not abandon your position, because composure allays great offenses. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 4. The Koheleth reports that it is not always the wise who rise to the top. He sees many fools in positions of leadership and people born with many advantages, yet they end up in lowly positions of servitude, debased and oppressed. In chapter 10 verses 5 through 7. Previously we learned that life is not always fair. The race is not always won by the swift in Ecclesiastes 9.11. It is not necessarily the person with the most talent who is most recognized or rewarded. Life is full of pitfalls and dangers, but we must take necessary risks if we are to accomplish anything. Chapter 10, verses 8-9. We must recognize that we need to take time and plan to develop our skills and sharpen our God-given tools. Fools can burn themselves out working away until they lose their cutting edge. A wise person makes necessary investments in self-maintenance. If the axe is dull and he does not sharpen its edge, then he must exert more strength. Wisdom has the advantage of giving success. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 10. There is a danger in rushing into business without proper planning, training, and circumspect preparation, in chapter 10, verse 11. There are some people who speak without thinking. They love to hear themselves talk. This, the reporter says, is folly, in chapter 10, verses 13 through 14. Many people work hard, but they do not know what they are working for, and they have no meaningful life of their own, in verse 15. They lack significant relationships and meaningful pursuits outside of their jobs. In Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 15, we read, "The toil of a fool so wearies him that he does not even know how to go to a city." There are self-indulgent fools who prioritize feasting over working. They lavishly exhaust their food supply while neglecting their production capacity. Better to feast at the right time and for the right purposes for strength rather than self-indulgent pleasures and drunkenness, in verse 17. The foolish of this world believe that money is the answer to everything. In chapter 10, verses 19, and chapter 5, verse 10, the reporter notes that money is what many people live for. The reporter warns that slothful neglect and lack of careful stewardship will lead to ruin. So will careless speech, such as talking behind someone's back. These sins can catch up with you, In chapter 10, verse 20. In chapters 11 and 12, we come to the final imperatives of the book of Ecclesiastes, the observations of the reporter that reflect natural philosophy. There are three sections here. Number one, in life we must take risks. Chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. Number two, in life we must rejoice in God's gifts. In verses 7 through 10. And number three, In life we must remember our Creator while we are young and heed His commands. In chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. The reporter has given his account. He reflects on his life lessons. He has regrets. His life has fallen short of its true purpose. He chose to live for happiness rather than holiness and ended up unhappy. He sums up his life lessons with these imperatives. Let's go over them again. Number one. Take risks. Chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. We are to take risks and make liberal investments. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verses 1 through 2 and verse 6. Diversify your investments in verse 2 and 6. Don't wait for ideal circumstances. They never come. Difficulties are inevitable. There will be trees that fall on your pathway that are deadlifts. You will find a way to overcome them in verse 3. Trust God to work, in verse 5. Number 2. Rejoice in God's gifts, in chapter 11, verses 7-10. through 10, Life is short. Walk in the light while you have the light. Make the most of every day, receiving it as a gift from God. Enjoy God's gifts, but recognize that your life is empty without God in the center of it. The gifts should never take the place of the giver in your affections. Even the happy days of your youth are meaningless without Him. In the end, he will hold you accountable for what you do with all that he has given you. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 9. Number three, remember your Creator in the days of your youth. The reporter gives a graphic picture of old age, likening it to a house that is gradually deteriorating. It is foolish to put off remembering the Lord to a day you may never come to see. Now is the day of salvation. In Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. Growing old is not for sissies. Notice the description of old age. Number one. nerve problems. The watchmen of the house tremble. Number two, skeletal shrinkage, bone and muscle aches and pains. Mighty men stoop. Number three. Dental problems. The grinding ones stand idle because they are few. Number four. Visual impairment. Those who look through the windows grow dim. Number five, confinement-you can't go outside-the doors on the street are shut. Number six, hearing problems, as the sound of the grinding mill is low. Number seven, insomnia-one will arise at the sound of the bird. Number eight, requiring more rest and being easily disturbed-all the daughters of song will sing softly. Number nine, difficulty walking. LOSS OF BALANCE, FEAR OF FALLING, MEN ARE AFRAID OF A HIGH PLACE, AND OF TERRORS ON THE ROAD. NUMBER TEN, HAIR GOES WHITE, THE ALMOND TREE BLOSSOMS. NUMBER ELEVEN, ENERGY LEVEL IS LOW, THE GRASSHOPPER DRAGS HIMSELF ALONG, HE IS NO LONGER HOPPING. NUMBER TWELVE, LOSS OF NATURAL DESIRES, APPETITE, AND SENSE OF TASTE, AND THE caper berry IS INEFFECTIVE. The caperberry could have been an ancient aphrodisiac. And number thirteen, death is around the corner. For man goes to his eternal home while mourners go about in the street. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 5. Death is described as the ultimate breaking down of the instrumental systems of life. Our physical body is no longer able to draw the life flow from the well from which it came. The silver cord is broken the golden bowl is crushed, the pitcher by the well is shattered, and the wheel at the cistern is crushed. The body returns to the dust from which it came, and the spirit returns to God who gave it, in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 7. Remember God, because without a relationship with Him, life is meaningless. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1, so you don't waste your life in vain pursuits. In these final verses, there is a prophetic picture of a greater than Solomon who gives greater imperatives. The great shepherd calls us to repent and believe the gospel. You can hang your faith on the sure nails of his promises. He saves us from our sins and from the futility of this life. Jesus is the greater wise man, and if we are to be wise, we must hear his words and obey them. The words of wise men are like goads, and masters of these collections are like well-driven nails; they are given by one shepherd. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 11. It is true that men are ever learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Give attention to the true book of books, the Bible. But beyond this, my son, be warned: the writing of many books is endless, and excessive devotion to books is wearying to the body. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 12. Here is the great conclusion of the Koheleth. The conclusion, when all has been heard, is, Fear God and keep His commandments, because this applies to every person, for God will bring every act to judgment and everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 through 14. Now let's move on to our reading in the New Testament paul's second letter to the corinthians chapter 8 verses 1 through 15 encouragement to give generously second corinthians chapter 8 we want you to know brothers about the grace of god that has been given among the churches of macedonia for in a severe test of affliction their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part for they gave according to their means as i can testify and beyond their means see that you excel in this act of grace also. I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor, so that you by His poverty might become rich. And in this matter I give my judgment, this benefits you, who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also, to desire to do it. So now finish doing it as well, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their need, so that their abundance may supply your need. That there may be fairness. As it is written, Whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. And this concludes today's portion from the New Testament, Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. The Apostle Paul gives two examples of joyful givers the churches in Macedonia and the example of Jesus Christ. Giving is a grace, it is a ministry of the Holy Spirit. The churches in Macedonia were happily converted by the Holy Spirit into cheerful, full-time givers. Paul had been organizing a collection for the church in Jerusalem. The church at Corinth had expressed a willingness to participate in this offering, but were falling behind on their commitment. Now Paul challenges them to rise to the occasion. They have an opportunity to participate in the experience of God's grace. The Holy Spirit is ready to convert all Christians into generous givers. The Macedonians begged Paul for permission to be able to help other churches. We have learned about the Macedonians. They were in deep poverty and experienced many afflictions, yet they loved others better than themselves, and demonstrated this fact with the practical expression of selfless giving. They didn't calculate what they could afford or had to spare. What was their secret? They gave themselves first to the Lord. The Lord wants us before our money. They joyfully surrendered themselves to God first and then had the joy of His using them to bless others. They made themselves available to Paul and to the church at Jerusalem. Paul then gives a second example of generosity. Christ Himself, though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor. Prior to His three years of ministry, Jesus was employed as a carpenter. He was not poorer than the average first-century Jewish laborer, yet Jesus was rich, in that He was and is the eternal Son of God. Paul describes the Incarnation as Jesus becoming poor. God voluntarily became fully human while remaining fully God. However, He willingly gives up His rights as God in becoming human. Though He was God, He willingly put Himself in a condition of being subject to human limitations. He who was rich became poor. He who shared the divine privilege of omnipresence limited himself to dwell in one physical human body. He who lived in communion with the Father in glory now would be living in one place on a tiny planet he had made. He who shared in the glorious attributes of the Father and the Spirit limited his power and knowledge, relinquishing his eternal power and being to the Father's disposal. He who was rich became poor, and setting aside so much, he has made us rich." He grants us the riches of salvation and eternal life. He shares with us His destiny and glorious inheritance. And now we move on to today's reading from the Book of Psalms, Psalm 49, verses 1 through 20. Why should I fear in times of trouble? To the Choir Master, a psalm of the sons of Korah, Psalm 49. Hear this, all peoples, give ear, all inhabitants of the world, both low and high rich and poor together my mouth shall speak wisdom the meditation of my heart shall be understanding i will incline my ear to a proverb i will solve my riddle to the music of the lyre. why should i fear in times of trouble when the iniquity of those who cheat me surrounds me those who trust in their wealth and boast of the abundance of their riches truly no man can ransom another or give to god the price of his life For the ransom of their life is costly and can never suffice, that he should live on forever and never see the pit. For he sees that even the wise die, the fool and the stupid alike must perish and leave their wealth to others. Their graves are their homes forever, their dwelling-places to all generations, though they called lands by their own names. Man in his pomp will not remain. He is like the beasts that perish." This is the path of those who have foolish confidence, yet after them people approve of their boasts. Like sheep they are appointed for Sheol; death shall be their shepherd, and the upright shall rule over them in the morning. Their form shall be consumed in Sheol, with no place to dwell. But God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. Be not afraid, when a man becomes rich, when the glory of his house increases. For when he dies he will carry nothing away, his glory will not go down after him. For though, while he lives, he counts himself blessed, and though you get praise when you do well for yourself, his soul will go to the generation of his fathers, who will never again see light. Man in his pomp, yet without understanding, is like the beasts that perish. Psalm 49 is one of the eleven psalms written by the sons of Korah. Psalm 42, Psalms 44 through 49, Psalm 84, 85, 87, and 88. Remember, Moses' nephew, Korah, led a rebellion against Moses. As a result, he died along with about two hundred and fifty of his co conspirators. In Numbers chapter 16, verse 31, we read, As he finished speaking all these words, the ground that was under them split open. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up, and their households, and all the men who belonged to Korah with their possessions. So they, and all that belonged to them, went down alive to Sheol, and the earth closed over them, and they perished from the midst of the assembly. However, not all the sons of Korah were part of Korah's household that was judged. The sons of Korah, however, did not die. Numbers chapter 26 verse 11. These descendants of Korah have given us some of our favorite psalms in the Bible. In Psalm 49 we are given a riddle. Why is it that we don't fear or bemoan our adversities, or resent that others have material wealth that we do not have? It is because we have something far more assuring and valuable. We have the blessing of being redeemed. We have Christ. We have eternal life. Why should I fear in the days of adversity, when the iniquity of my foes surround me? even those who trust in their wealth and boast in the abundance of their riches. No man can by any means redeem his brother or give to God a ransom for him, for the redemption of his soul is costly, and he should cease trying forever, that he should live on eternally, that he should not go under decay. Psalm 49 verses 5-9 through 9. And in verse 15 we read, But God will redeem my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. Selah The Apostle Paul also answers this riddle in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. We need not ever envy the worldly success and wealth of others when we have the light of life, when we have redemption. Do not be afraid when a man becomes rich, when the glory of his house is increased, for when he dies he will carry nothing away. His glory will not descend after him. Though while he lives he congratulates himself, and though men praise you when you do well for yourself, he shall go to the generation of his fathers, they will never see the light. Psalm 49, verses 16 through 19. And now for our final stop on our Bible reading tour, we go to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 22, verses 20 through 21. Have I not written for you 30 sayings of counsel and knowledge, to make you know what is right and true, that you may give a true answer to those who sent you? These verses are part of an introduction of 30 sayings, excellent things, most likely written by Solomon. They explain his motivation in sharing them. He wants his hearers to know what is right and true so as to prove themselves to be dependable, competent, and confident. How about you? Do you recognize what is right and true? Are you a reliable witness and a faithful servant? Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for the miraculous rescue provided on our behalf through the self-sacrificial love shown to us in Christ. He who was rich for our sakes became poor, that through his poverty we might become rich. He took our cross that we might wear his crown. He took our sin that we might be made righteous in him. He took our curse that we might receive his blessing. Holy Spirit, may we be mindful of your love and participate in the grace of joyful giving, knowing that we can never outgive you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's a wrap on our reading of today's portion from the One Year Bible. And God willing, we will be with you tomorrow and we'll be starting the Song of Songs, the Song of Solomon, which is quite a contrast from the vanity of vanities in the book of Ecclesiastes. If you would like to know more about New Life Community Church and its ministries, or you would like to subscribe to a daily email with a written commentary on each day's portion from the One Year Bible, you can go to our website, newlife.org. And if you would like to contact us, you can always write us an email at podcast at So until next time, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. Shalom.